Today's Shira Mishnah Yomi is Daf Kufchov Tesum at Aleph. And we're in the middle of Simen Sadi Zayin, and we're in the middle of the Sif Beis, and we read the Mechaber yesterday who said, Vimiev Shaloh if a person is forced in the middle of the Shmanesre to spit, so he shouldn't spit straight out in front of him, but he should spit into like a kerchief or to a garment of some sort so that the saliva, the spit, shouldn't be seen. So the Mishnah Bruin Siv Katan Hay writes, Shloyhe Nira, so the saliva, the spittle, shouldn't be seen. You should spit it into some sort of an undergarment, not also, but not into a garment which will be visible to the outside world. So you spit onto your jacket, so then everybody will see the spittle on your jacket, so that's not proper. One shouldn't do this. Which I think is something like a kerchief that one normally spit into in those days. We don't wear them, obviously, nowadays. So the Mishnah Bura says, Even though the spittle is visible on this kerchief of sorts, its purpose was for spittle. So it's therefore not considered disgusting. And this is the opinion, However, however, many other achronim, including the Olas Tomid, the El Yerabin, the Mogin Yibibarim, brought down the Shara Tzion, they say you should fold over the kerchief, this cloth, whatever it is, so that the spittle itself shouldn't be seen. Then the Mechaber continues and he says, If the person is an istinus, which Ramah explains Pirush, he's a very fussy person, a very delicate person, and he can't see something that's disgusting. And he therefore would be very uncomfortable spitting into his garment because he would find that tremendously uh, unappetizing. So then he can spit behind him where he won't be able to see the spittle and that would be acceptable. The Mishnah Bruin Sivkat and Vav writes, Pirush, Shemos lo lavlio b'chsuso. When we just said he was an istinus, it meant that we'd be bothered by having it spit into his garment. Oshin yochol lashoso b'fiv atshevlienu. Or, he's not able to keep it in his mouth until he's able to absorb it either in the garment or to swallow it. Oshin Or, it's a very, very nice garment. If it's such a nice garment, he doesn't want to spittle into it, so that's the same situation over here. In all of these situations, Sivkat and Zayin, Zorkol Yachorev, you're allowed to go and spit behind yourself, which means, Hainu Shehovich, part of you turn your head, Yachorev, behind you, Oshin Zorkol Yachorev, where you spit into your hand, and then you toss the spittle behind you. However, Avolo Klapi Mala, but you don't spit upwards, Shinira Kikofer, that looks like you're spitting Rachmana Lasana the Kodesh Baruch and you're a heretic. The issue footnote number seven brings down at the conclusion of the Shemona Esrei, the Shulchan Shleimer brings down that you should try to put your feet over the spittle and rub it out because that's not covered for basic Knesset to have spittle all over the floor. Now the Ramah adds, If you're unable to spit behind yourself in these situations that we were just talking about, He should spit towards the left side of him but not towards the right side. And certainly, the kosher came in not in front of you, the also, that would be not pro- not allowed. The Mishnah Bruin, Sivkot and Ches writes, the kosher came in front of, because when you're davening in that direction in front of you is where the Shechina is, and that's certainly inappropriate to spit towards the direction of the Shechina. However, the Mishnah Bruin says, but if he has no choice, 
He can't do it to the left, and he can't do it behind himself. The only place he could spit, and he has to spit, there's no choice about that, is to the right or in front of him. And he's not able to daven properly because of this concern, that he can't spit. So then, he could certainly go spit to the right, and if he has no choice even to the right, then he can even spit in front of him. Obviously, this is extenuating circumstances, and it doesn't really mean he's spitting towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The person is stuck over here, and he has no choice. Again, nowadays, the hygiene and the normal practices of people, this doesn't really apply, as we don't spit during the davening. Now, we just said that you shouldn't spit towards the right, because that's more holy, so to say, than the left. That implies that the Shekhinah is more present on the right than to the left. So Ramah says, When a person takes the three steps back at the end of Shemun Esrei, he bows towards the left, which is to the right of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, implying that you're facing the Shekhinah, your left is the Shekhinah's right. So when you're spitting to the left, that's, so to say, spitting towards the Shekhinah's right. So how are you allowed to do this? So the Ramah says, Because in this situation, the Shekhinah is really not in the bottom ten tefachim of the world, the shechina is, so to say, above that. Therefore, when you're spinning in that direction, the shechina is not low in the ground, so to say. He's above us. And therefore, we have the person spit to his left and not to his right, because the right normally takes precedence over the left. But here it's your right and your left and nothing to do with the shechina, because the shechina is not low on the ground, so to say. Again, these are more deeper ideas than we can easily express over here. But the remark continues, But as we talked before, when you're taking the three steps back, So, person is going away from this place where he davened the Shemun Esrei, taking the three steps back at the end of the Shemun Esrei, That is directly facing the Shechina. First you bow to the left, which is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's right, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kaviyachu. Mishnah Bur and Sivkat and Tess explains further, the Achronim say very simply, when you're spitting, you drive away the Shrina, and therefore, the Shrina is not there, so when you're spitting to the left, your left has less Kedusha than your right, less importance than your right, so therefore spit to the left. As we've already learned in Simon Gimel, Inyan, Hiskabdum Chubadim, you're asking, when you go to the bathroom, you ask the Malochim that accompany a person to, please understand that we're human beings, not Malochim, and we need to go and take care of our body needs. Therefore, Therefore, they leave both the left and the right of a person. As opposed to the end of which is talking about the bowings down that we do as we take the three steps back from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. You bow to the left, then you bow to the right. Therefore, we look at the Shechina because the Shechina is there, and when we bow to the left, we're bowing to the right of the Shechina and therefore that's why when we're bowing down Shmuel Esrei. The left takes precedence, but when you're spitting, since you're driving away the Shechina, the left takes a lower Kedush, a lower Chashivas than the right. The Yishu Rate brings down from Chaim Kanievsky, who wrote an entire Kuntras about left-handed people, he brings down the name of the Prima Garden, that normally we go by the left and right of the person. So for this person who's a lefty, that's his right side. That's his stronger side. And this is the opinion of the Kafa Chaim as well. However, over here, Chaim Kanievsky brings down that according to this time of the Morgan of Ram, Brought down the name of Shibole Aleket, Shilmino also the smaller mutter. The reasoning is because Hashem Tzilcha Yabinecha, that Hashem's presence is so to say over there, so that's true even for a lefty. And therefore, Chaim Kanievsky would say that in this situation, a lefty also should spit to the left and not to the right. Sivkot Nyud, because this is Vahu Kineged Ashrina, wrote Solomar, Shal Korchok, Avanaso Oz, Beesi Shtachavoyer, Lishtachavos Neged Ashrina, Shilamalami Asora, Kihalo, Lo Yordo, Lumoto.
that even in that situation, when the person takes his three steps back, he's really bowing to the Shina, which is above the tenth Tfachim, as opposed to when you're spitting, according to the first interpretation we gave, you're spitting, it's below the tenth Tfachim. Again, this is somewhat confusing, but since for most people this is not halach so I apologize if I didn't say it clearly. Now let's go to Sif Gimel. The Mechaber writes, Im kino o katsto, if a louse bit a person, you're allowed to go and remove the louse by using your garment to get rid of it, in order that it shouldn't disturb your kavana. You shouldn't pick it off with your finger, but you can remove it with your clothing. Mr. Brewer and Sif Kutn Yudalif writes, Vim Ovar Winatol, if you did take it off with your finger, Yefafshesh Yodo Bakosa, you should rub your finger on a wall or the Acher on some other item, as we've already learned in Simon Sadi Bays, to remove this lichluch, this dirt from your hand from touching the louse. The issue footnote number nine brings down, even if it hasn't bitten you yet, if you just want to get rid of it, some insect is bothering you, you can also remove it with your garment and not try to touch it with your hand if possible. The Ramon now adds, and he says, This is during the Shemun Esrei. But if it's not during the Shemun Esrei, One would be allowed, if he's not Davni Shemun Esrei, to remove the Kino with his hand and throw it in the shul. And he says further, and the Mishnah Brewer explains in Sif Kotn Yud Beis that it explains over there the Mavur Shom that Nogea Bekin if somebody touches a louse Tzorichli Toyoda B'Mayim normally one has to wash his hands with water Mipnei Ruach Ro Hashor Al Yodai because of the bad Ruach Ro the bad spirit that comes on his hands V'Koshikain in Mukod Matvil and certainly if it's before the Davening the Tzorichli Toyoda B'Mayim Mipnei Atvil because you have to wash your hands anyway before the Davening Sif Dalit the Mechaber writes. If your talus falls off, you're during the middle of the Shemun Esrei. You're allowed to go and adjust it to put it back on your shoulders. However, if it totally fell off you, you can't pick it up and put it back on, the heavy hefzik, because that would be considered a hefzik in the middle of the Shemun Esrei. The Mishnah Bruin Sivkot and Gimel writes, Even if most of it came off, you can adjust it and put it back on. And the issue footnote number 12 says, the Arach HaShulchah brings down the same Allah applies to the tefillin. If they go out of their place, you can readjust them. So your talus or tefillin, if they come out of their place, they fall off you to a certain extent, you're allowed to readjust it. However, Sivkot Yudalit, Kulo, if it totally fell off you, even if it's still in your hand, the Mishnah says, Ha'atifah, heavy hafsek, that you're not allowed to go put it back on because that's considered a hafsek. However, the issue footnote number 13 brings down that somebody else who sees this would be allowed to go put it on you in this situation when you're Davni Shmonesri and you can't put it back on yourself. Sivkot and Tezvav, the Mishabur writes, Vim Ovar Vihisati, if the guy did put the talus back on, in Sarach Lahaskal Mithilis Abrach, if he didn't notice Halacha, and now somebody tells him, you're not allowed to do that, so he still continues where he is, he doesn't have to go back to the beginning of the Bracha. El Gomer Hatfil of Aholach, he continues from Nesri where he's up to and continues and finishes it. When he finishes the Shmonesri, then he adjusts the talus again, and now he can make the bracha again. This is a discussion we had earlier, which the Mishnah Burr says, look in Simon Ches, Sif Tesvav, Mishnah Burr Sham, about the halachas of when you have to make a bracha when your talus falls off you. Zokin Shemesim Bote Naim Shakorim Bril. If an older person wears eyeglasses, which are called Bril, which it says Mishkafayim is the Targum of. In Heim Refuyin Bechotmo, if they lower down loose on your nose, Shakar of the Paul Ayede Krios Ishtachavoyos, and they may fall off when you're doing the bowings down, Nochel Hachmir Shikshrei Mitrila Bechot. Then you should really, if this happens on a regular basis, obviously, you should tie it with some sort of a strap to the glasses so they shouldn't fall off you while you're stopping the Shwesli because that will disturb you. Sivkot and Tezva, Zayin, the heavy have sick. Im Loshu Torah Ayede Zev, Vene Yochel Lechavein. 
If holding the talus in your hand is going to disturb you, that you're not wearing a talus during the Shemunesri, and it's not going to allow you to dive in the Shemunesri properly, then you'll be shenu kishri yisayim ha-bracha. Then finish the bracha that you're in, put on the talus, don't make a bracha on the talus then, obviously, if you're required to. Finish the Shemunesri, and then you readjust the talus and make the bracha at that point in time. Sithei. The Mechaba writes, Hanose masoy al If somebody's carrying some sort of a package on his shoulders, the years mantila. Now it's time to dive in the Shmuel Esrei. Parchos kabin. If it's a small package, less than a certain volume of four kabin, mafshiluli achorav mispal. He's allowed to sling it over his shoulder and dive in while he's holding that package. However, it's arba kabin. If it's a certain size that's above four kabin, then manicham al gabi karki. You should place it on the ground and mispal because it will disturb you if you're carrying such a large package. Mishnah Berurah of Kotnut Zayin explains that ma'isu shall arba kabin if heimulav. As I just said, if it's too heavy, it's too large, it's going to disturb your kavana. The Deirshu footnote number 14 brings down how big is this shear of Arba Kavan. So he brings down, according to Rechaim Noah, it's about five and a half kilograms, which is about 12 pounds. And according to the Chazonish, it's about 9.6 liters. And this is a volume measurement and not a weight measurement. That concludes Simen Sadi Zayin. And now we begin Simen Sadi Ches. A person has to concentrate very hard when he's davening, a very important sin. The Mechaber starts off in Sifalaf and he writes, The minimum amount of kavanah that a person has is that he should at least understand the plain un- the meaning of the words that he is saying with his mouth. Sifkat and Aleph, the Mishnabur explains, Don't get caught up in all of these fancy kavanos, these deep uh, Kabbalistic ideas. The goal should be that one should understand halavai, we should understand all the words that we say in the davening, the plain, simple meaning. The issue footnote number one brings down from the Kafa Chaim that one has to be also careful of the pronunciation of each word in each letter and with the right accent and with the right nakudos, the vowels, to say them properly as they're supposed to be said. Mishnah Baruch continues and he says, In lo mishu bo besod Hashem yodei l'chavim bei belibo uruuso duchilo. That only a great individual who really is capable of understanding all of these deep meanings, and he knows the simple meaning as well, so then he can concentrate on these things. But otherwise, it leads to more trouble than the benefit of to do these deep kabanos. And he says, look at the Mogin Avram in the name of the Zohar for further details about this. He then brings down the Chuvas for the Marshal, who writes on this at great length, After he learned all the Kabbalah, that he still davens like one-day-old, brand-new baby. In other words, he didn't try to do all of these fancy, deep understandings of Kabbalah, he just tried to daven like a simple person. Then he also brings down the Ayin and the Pnei Yoshua, at the beginning of the Perik Ein Omdim, Shekosav, the Elu HaKavonos, HaMubawarim, Kan B'Shulchan Aruch, all of these intentions that we're about to bring now down here in the Shulchan Aruch, Yevshel L'chavi Mishasa Tefillah, Rakoda. One should have these Kavonos prior to starting the davening, not during the davening. During the davening, all you should be concentrating on is the simple understanding of the words. And he says, Ayin Shom, look over there for more details. The Mechaba continues and he says, The person should concentrate in the davening, thinking he's standing right in front of the Shrina, which of course he is. He should remove any sort of thoughts from his mind that are disturbing him. Also, until he's left with just a clear thought, just with a clear understanding. 
V'yachshov ki ilu, now that word should be ki ilu, to think of himself as he was standing in front of an earthly king, a man made of flesh and blood, and he was certainly standing in front of the president, in front of a, a CEO of a company, of a, a very important person, how much he would take care of every single word he would plan out beforehand. So much more so, you're standing in front of the king of kings. He knows exactly what you're thinking. So how much more so must you be careful in everything that you say and think in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And this, in fact, was the custom amongst right Righteous individuals and people of great action, Shoyum is bodedim, they would meditate, or machabdim tilosim, and think carefully about the davening, Achriyum agiyim lispashtus hagashmius uliskabrus koach hasichli, until they've totally eradicated anything physical, anything that is gashmius, and they've overtaken their physical sense with their mental sense and put themselves into the right frame of mind, not worrying about their physical needs, but thinking totally from a mental point of view. Until they've reached almost the state of being able to accept nevuah. And if some extraneous thought, some improper thought comes into their mind, they would stop their davening until they could get rid of that thought. Yishavut number four brings out a wonderful aid that before every bracha of Yishman Esrei, you should think about what that bracha is trying to accomplish. You're asking Hashem in that bracha, and this would be a great aid for you to concentrate better on that bracha. Yishavut number five brings down that it's very important for a person to understand Perish Milos and to learn the Perish of the Milos of the davening before you daven. And at least, certainly, the first bracha of the Shemones Avos, which and Modim as well, which one is required to have Kavana during those brachos. And he actually brings down as well the Sefer Yisod Vishor Shavoda that says one should chazer this simon in Shulchan Aruch, simon Sadiches, once a week in order to instill the proper thoughts into how we should daven with Kavana. The Mishnah Bruin Sivkot and Beis brings down a somewhat esoteric idea from the Sefer Sefer Hagan, where he writes, in order to vatel machshava raw b'shasat to get rid of extraneous thoughts that come into your head during the tefillah, you say this kabbalistic intonation yomakim upamim p p p, which is the Rashi Tevis of Palti Yosef, the heim his gabrul ayetzulibam that will somehow allow you to overcome your natural desires and tendencies, as it's brought down the Gemara in Sanhedrin daf yutes over base, and then you spit three times. However, not outwardly, totally, not a full expectoration, and your tongue, between your teeth during the time of this expectoration, and that will guarantee to get rid of the foreign thoughts. However, before somebody actually does this in practice, he then brings down the Mogan of Ram, because the Mogan of is there, they nearly last was there. The Mogan says, don't do this, during the because that would be, in fact, a hefzik. They have a hefzik. And we don't know that this works. If it really knew it was definitely that it was going to work, it might not be a hefzik. But we don't have any real understanding of how this works or that it does work, and therefore don't do it. The Mishnah then brings down the Sefer El Yeraba, who brings B'Shem Kitzur Shalah, Zel Lashona, this is his language, Segula Lahavim Machshevus Chutz, how to get rid of extraneous thoughts, Shekodim Tvila Yavir Gimel Pam Yad Yimino Amischo, before you start davening, bring your hand, your right hand over your forehead, Vyomar, Bechol Pam, and say three times as you do this, Lev Tahor Boreli El Kim, Hashem created me with a pure heart, Veruach Nochon Chadesh Bekirbi, and a proper attitude has been placed inside of me as well. Likewise, if it's in the middle of the Shemoneshwe, these extraneous thoughts come into your mind. You should be silent for a little bit. Bring your right hand over your forehead. And think about this That is the language that the Shalosh says one should use or think about to remove extraneous thoughts.
On that note, we will conclude today's share.